live from parts unknown, it's the KNA Sports Picks Podcast. Hey, all those people going to be at the game today? Certainly. Oh, this is going to be a whopper of a game. Oh, it should be. Hey, Evan, I understand they made you the manager of this here Colgate team. Why not? So you're the manager? I'm the manager. Well, you know, I'd like to know some of the guys' names on the team, so when I meet them on the street or in the ballpark, I'll be able to say hello to those people. Why, sure, I'll introduce you to the boys. They give them funny names, though, Lou. Oh, I know they get those ball players off of funny names. Uh, let's see, on the team we have, uh, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. You the manager? Yes. You know the guy's name? I should. Well, then tell me the guy's name. I say who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. You the manager? And then, yes. You know the guy's name? I'm telling you their names. Well, who's on first? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The guy on first base. Who? The guy on first. Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. You ain't telling me nothing. I'm asking you who's on first. That's it. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first base. That's his name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who is on first? What are you asking me? Me. <laughs> Yes, Abbott and Costello, we know exactly who's on first base for the New York Mets. It's Pete Alonso. Hey, TK, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, yeah, excited that baseball is back. Um, it's a great time of year. Yeah, I'm looking looking forward to uh, discussing a little baseball, giving our picks. Um, um, to all our fans out there, I know we've had a lot of... Um, messages and a lot of phone calls and emails when our our um, annual baseball picks our podcast is coming out um, but we, you and I have both been a little busy but uh, you know now now's a perfect time to to dive into the baseball season all right yeah I'm excited and I think um Early on, I don't think you can tell too much from the uh, season, so I still think our picks will be very fresh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, you know 162 games. You you really can't figure out anything, at least until a third or half of the season is over. Um, so let's dive into it. Let's start with the American League East. Um, do you have the Darth Vader and the Yankees? I do have the Yankees. Um... I still think they have the most talent. Um, the Blue Jays were sort of a surprise team last year, um, and maybe in a quirky 60-game uh, season like last year, they could have slipped into the playoffs. But I think over 162 games, the Yankees clearly have the most uh, talent, and I think they're going to win. The Red Sox are kind of on a downswing. Um, like I said, the Blue Jays are a decent team, but I see over 162 games, the Yanks are going to remain on top of the AL East. Yeah, the Yankees have an incredible pitching staff, an incredible lineup, and they're one team. They're one team in the American League that can survive injuries, which is a good thing because with uh, Judge and Stanton, they they've been quite. Uh, quite frequently injured. So, yeah, it's uh, no doubt, no doubt the Yankees. I kind of like the Rays race um, over the Blue Jays for second. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, of course, the Orioles are, are a few years away. <laughs> Always a few years away. This, this is a tough division. Um, the, the Central, um, there's a lot of various opinions out there on, on the Central. Who do, who do you have in the Central? I'm going with the Young Guns. Why not? The Chicago White Sox. Um, I think, you know, it's hard to say. 
I'm expecting sort of a similar trajectory to the Astros, how they maybe kind of broke out in 2015 and got to the playoffs, but it took them a couple more years to get to the World Series and win it. I think the Chicago White Sox, I do expect before the end of 2025, we will see a Chicago White Sox team in the World Series. Um, I feel I think they're a few years away from winning it all. But I think this is going to be kind of their first breakout, and they win the AL uh, 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 they win the AL Central, and I think they're win uh, 90 plus games and make it to the playoffs. I like it. I like the White Sox. Um, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Twins. I think the White Sox may be a year away. I like the veteran lineup of the Twins. Um, they've won the division last couple of years, and they have a lot of power. Maybe you know this side of the Yankees, the probably the most powerful lineup in, in the AL. And Nelson Cruz, I mean, can you believe that the guy is still still smacking no. the ball? Yay for the old guys. It's now been ten years since his famous Rangers World Series run, and he's he's yeah. still there. That's great to see. But yeah, um, I definitely think, like you said, the Twins. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun one. I feel like it's the old veterans versus the young guns. So I think this one could go to the last few weeks of the uh, season. All right. So you've got you've got the White Sox. I'll take the Twins. Um, the AL West. The wild, the a- wild west. The AL West, another weird division. Um, I, I was tempted to pick a different team, and George Springer did leave, but I think for at least one year more, the Astros are going to stay on top. Um, the Oakland A's, it's always so hard to tell with the A's because it seems like they have a new lineup and pitching staff each year. So, But I'm sure they'll be... Uh, decent they always do a good job um the angels have been off to a hot start um shohei Oatani has been fun to watch um but i don't think there's enough depth there um i still think the astros have a lot of veterans who have been to the playoffs for um for uh for the past few years now and i think they're on the decline, uh, but I think they're still going to be one more year of the AL West being won by the uh, Astros. Yeah, I'm going with the Astros as well. I mean, the Astros still have have uh, best lineup in the division. I do like the Oakland A's. I've always I've always enjoyed the way that they play. Um, you know, the whole money ball thing. Um, but I think the Astros are, are too deep and have, have too good of a lineup. The A's have an incredible, um, for them, one of their deepest pitching staffs that they've had quite a while, and they're, they have a solid, solid defense. And I don't know if that's part of the money, their money ball system right now is that maybe the, the, they believe that defense is kind of undervalued. So, um, but you know, pitching and defense often often does well. But I'm, I'll go with you, and I'll go with the Astros. So we both pick the Astros. And, and I do know, I can confirm as a Rangers fan, um, the Rangers will not be winning the – no one bet on them to win the uh, West this year. I think it's going to be between them and uh, Seattle to see who uh, finishes last. But, yeah, you know, I looked it, at – 538 and their win projections for the Rangers. Do you, did you happen to catch that? Is it less than 70? 
It's less than 70. It's 67. The, uh, 67. The, yeah, there's the, a few more games predicted more than that. Yeah, there have, there have been some bright spots. I think it's one of those years where you want to let the young guys play as much as possible. You know you're not going to compete. Um, so let the young guys play. Really try to feel out who you think could be a long-term uh, member of the uh, team. Just try to give as many young guys as uh, possible. And if possible, you know, maybe try to win, you know, 70 games, but it's going to be a long year. But at least now they have a, a ballpark, so at least now fans won't have to watch the Rangers lose in 110 Dallas Heat. Wow. Do, do they have any more guys that they can they can trade off? It, it's going to be interesting. Um, they have Joey Gallo, um, who could really help his trade value if they have a good first year. Um, they have a few pieces. I think this year they're really going with a young team. Um, I think the feeling is they have some prospects and they really want to play as many young guys as possible and just see who they think is going to be with the team long-term and then what uh, positions they maybe need to fill via free uh, agency. Yeah, you know, as as a fan, and I went through this with the Mets, so the last 15, 20 years, they refused to rebuild. You know, they just try to, you know, scotch tape, put duct tape on, on the team. But, you know, back in the early, I can remember in the early uh, days of the Mets with, you know, rebuilding can be fun. You know, seeing all these young yeah. players and trying to figure out who, who is going to, um, you know, be a breakout star and then you know you expect them to lose 100 games and then one year they play 500 baseball and it it almost feels like they won the world (laughs) series because they far exceed expectation and they're young and they're hungry and you know they don't have much fame so sometimes sometimes it can be exciting so i'm you know i'm optimistically hopeful that the rangers in the next few years will um, turn a corner yeah i think john daniels is a smart guy um i think they have good uh people in um in some of their top uh, management so i think it might be a lean few years but i think they'll be back all right so who do you have as your wild card your two wild cards i have the tampa bay rays um defending al champs and then I also have the Oakland A's. All right, I, the, those are the two wild card teams that I had. As, as I mentioned before, <laughs> both teams, um, you know, catch the ball and throw and, and have uh, you know good good solid ball um, bullpen. So you have you have the Yankees, the White Sox, the Astros, the A's, and the Rays. Uh, our only difference between our teams is I. I you know our picks. I I have the Twins in the Central. So who do you see? Who do you see winning the AL? I think it's finally the Yanks' year. They've been knocking on the door probably for the past three or four years now. Um, they were, I think they were beaten by the Astros. They had a three-two series lead one year in the uh, ALCS, and the uh, Astros came back. Um, They've had a few losses to the Red Sox, to the Rays, but this is the year I think they piece it. I think they're by far the best team, and I think it's kind of like the uh, Dodgers. They just had to 
they kept getting to the playoffs. They kept going back and back, and they couldn't quite do it. And then one year, it uh, finally clicked. Um, and I think baseball is one where the playoffs is so random. Um, the best team often does not win. But all you can do is just try to get there each year. I think the Yankees have been doing that, and I think they're bound to get through uh, one of these years. And I think that's this year. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Yankees as well. As I mentioned earlier, what concerns me with with the Yankees is the injuries to Judd and Stanton. Um, you know, but as long as you know Garrett Cole's healthy, the Yankees have a lot of a lot of depth, and they can withstand some injuries in their lineup. Um, I'd like to go with the A's and their deep pitching yeah. staff, but yeah, I'll definitely, definitely have to go with the Yankees. So let's see who they're, who they're going to meet in the world series. National league East. This is a tough division to pick. Um, just because I think there's a lot of talent there, but I still have to go with the Braves. Um, I'll let you dive fully into the Mets analysis in one sec, but in my opinion, the Braves are still the team to beat in the East. Oh yeah, the the Braves the Braves have the the depth. Um, they have the starting pitching staff. They, they have uh, Freeman and all those hitters. Um, as far as the Mets, being a Mets guy, I, you know I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful that they can. They can be a wild card team, and we'll see if I pick them for the wild card. Um, I like like getting Lindor in the lineup. I, you know, I think Major League Baseball screwed him by by not having a designated hitter. Um, if the if the Mets if the if there would have been a designated hitter in the National League, their defense would have been much better because then you put um, then Dominic Smith is at first base improves improves position at first base defensively. Pete Alonso then becomes your designated hitter. Nimmo, who is kind of out of position as a center fielder, he moves over to a left field. And they probably would have got signed Jackie Bradley to be, be a center fielder. And the whole defense would have been much better. The Mets have a good lineup. Um, it, it can be a little bit streaky. Um, they hit a lot of home runs. But I think with Lindor, with Nimmo and Lindor on the top of the lineup, you know, they, they've got speed. Um, you know, they, they can hit, uh, their, their pitching staff once Thor and Carrasco are back, um, to couple with, uh, Stroman, um, and of course, DeGrom is, is pr- pretty stout. Um, but the Braves, the Braves are deeper. They have a deeper, um, farm system too. If, if injuries, injuries come, I don't think the Phillies and the Nationals will, can stay, um, with, the, the Mets and the Braves, I do think it's going to be a two two team race. Um, and yeah. the Marlins, the Marlins um, last year surprised, but that was over what 50, 60, 60 games, games, over 162. Yeah. It's different. They have a really outstanding young pitching staff, but they just they don't just don't have the positional players at this point in time. But they'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think? Um, do you think the Phillies obviously spent a lot on Bryce uh, Harper? Do you think they're headed in the right um, the right way, or do you think they're sort of a mess? I think they're kind of a hodgepodge of um, you know players. Um, yeah. I do I do like their their top two in the rotation, but the rotation and their bullpen is is not that not that deep. Um, yeah, I the Nationals. The Nationals are 
uh, really interesting. They have they have a couple really good young play, um, you know, positional players under under twenty five. Of course, Soto is is amazing. Uh, their pitching staff, which which won them a World Series, is getting getting kind of older. Strasburg, Scherzer, yeah. are getting Corbin are getting up there in age. So you have a old pitching staff and you have young positional players. Um, I mean, both the Phillies and Nationals definitely, you know, can compete for a wild card, but I I don't expect them to, because of the depth of the roster, compete with the Braves and the, and the Mets for the division. Yep. Well, I like it. So the central. The central. I'm I'm picking chalk. Most people are picking the Cardinals, though. I though the Brewers do have some some love. I I you know I always believed in the Cardinal way. Uh, you know they're they're uh, outstanding organization. Um, they've made some good moves this off season. I think I think they're the the team to beat in the central. Yeah, like I would say the Cardinals too. Obviously, a huge addition of Nolan uh, Arenado over the, uh, um, and I think that's. I mean, he's a great uh, player. I think that's going to be huge for the Cards. Um, yeah, I think I say the same thing. The Brewers are kind of like the A's. They always seem to, even though they're kind of a small um, uh, market team, they always seem to be able to scrap enough players to be a. Uh, competitive team but i think the uh, cardinals will win yeah i think so i think so too and uh would you think the pirates are the worst team in baseball i think so um just from what it was from what i've read so two other kind of universally accepted as bottom barrel teams the rangers and the uh, rockies um i still think they have more pieces than the, the uh pirates i think the pirates are very bad and it would not surprise me if they lost far more than 100 games like i've, I've seen their win totals in the uh, like high uh, 50s with some uh, projections yeah the pirates went through a long drought and then they had you know five or six years of you know uh, being in the playoffs and, and competing so it, it's kind of sad to see them back down in yeah. the bottom but you know, baseball is about money. If you don't have money, then you just really got to have an outstanding farm system. Okay. I think the... Uh, well, speaking is, of money, the NL West. The NL West. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would assume we both agree that the rich, the Dodgers, will remain on top. Yeah. I. My only question is, are they going to win... 110 10 games. Yeah. I think that's the National League record. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, they're already off to a good start. We're 10 games in and they're 8 and 2. Um, one series against the Rockies, the uh, Nationals. I mean, I think they're, yeah, they're definitely on pace. I mean, 110 is hard. I mean, you know, we've, there have been some great teams that have not quite gotten there. Um, and it's just so hard to say with injuries and, this and that, but they're certainly going to win a lot of games. Um, though I will say the Padres are an exciting team. Um, they're a very exciting team. I watched them play the uh, Rangers last night, and their lineup is fierce. They have some guys that can hit, and they have some young guys, and they kind of play with some uh, swagger, too. They're a fun team to uh, watch, yeah. and I definitely 
I don't think they'll catch the Dodgers this year, but I definitely think they're going to be the team that finally does dethrone the uh, that that uh, finally wins the uh, West uh, because they're they're uh, fun and they're good. Yeah, I have the the Dodgers. I I do think that I don't know if they're going to win 110, but they're going to win more than 100 games. And the uh, Padres are 90, 95 win total. So I I definitely think that they're my first um, wild card. Um, My second wild card, and it sounds like Padres are probably your first wild card. The Metropolitans are my second. Yes, it's a little bit of a homer pick, but I I actually um, am optimistic. I do think that they've made a lot of additions, and they do have, after years of being broke, broke, money. They they have some money to make some midseason additions if uh, if needed. So I I do see the Metropolitans as your as the second wild card. Who's your second? My second wild card. I I was going back and forth between the Mets and the Brewers. Um, I think those two teams could be competing for it, but I'm going to go with the Mets too. Um, I think there is part from what I've read or since there's been a sort of a cult a. Uh, a shift in the in the uh, culture of the Mets. I think the Mets, for a long time, you know, they've been a New York team, but they've kind of acted like a small or mid-sized team. Um, and I think they finally have some money. They signed. They had some splashy signings. I think that's rubbed that's rubbed off. I think the players now have some, you know, this feeling that they're building towards some something, um, and that they have and um, that they have people in the top who care about the the team and want to win. And that's huge. Um, so I'm going to pick the Mets too. Um, Cause I've seen the opposite end of the spectrum, the uh, Rockies, the, now the team that I live, the, uh, the uh, uh, near um, they're in, they're in shambles. Cause there's just this feeling that the people who own the team don't care about wins. Um, so I feel bad for their fans because that's just a hard thing to uh, Is see. Is the ownership so, broke or what? what's their situation? Well, I think Coors Field um, is usually in the top 10 for a attendance. Um, a lot of fans travel um, to see the games. There's really nice weather in the uh, summer. So they always draw huge crowds. So I think the team makes money. So I don't think there's – and I don't think they have really this kind of – there's not this history of baseball in the city, maybe the same way there is in New York where kind of the fans expect to win or expect to compete. So I think there's this complacency that's kind of set in, um, which I just, I got to see my first game and it is a beautiful stadium. It's a very fun place to see a a ball game. Um, But I just think, um, yeah, there's a kind there's not really a will to win. And I think the fans sense that and, um, not very um, pleased. <laughs> Speaking of will to win, do, the Dodgers, are they going to repeat as National League champs? You know, it's hard to repeat. Um, so part of me is tempted because I just think, well, you know, last year they won four playoff series. You know, they just keep winning. Like one of these years, it's not going to work out. But then I see their lineup. I see the pitchers they have. I see the depth, and I say I still have to stick with them. 
Um, I also think there's a psychological thing that once you've won your first, you know, the, you kind of saw it with the Red Sox. There was this whole curse for a long time. And then the curse was broken in 2004. And now they've won three more World uh, Series since. And I have to wonder if it's going to be a similar thing. The Dodgers had this long thing of they hadn't won a World Series in decades. They always choked. And now that's sort of gone. And I wonder if that will kind of lead to the same thing where now they win a whole bunch in the next 10 or uh, 20 years. I think so. And I'm also taking the Dodgers. And one one thing you talked about, the four playoff series, in, in a strange way because of the pandemic, that actually is helpful because there was only 60 games. So teams that didn't make the playoffs, like the Mets, the pitchers didn't stretch out. They didn't have that many, many innings where the, the Dodgers pitchers had more innings. So it's kind of tougher for a pitcher when they have fewer innings coming back the next season and asking them to to throw 200 innings where the Dodgers pitchers right. pitched more innings than any other, any other staff in baseball. They're, and they're the best, they're, they're the best roster one through 26, the best yeah. organization, the best ownership, but the Mets ownership is getting close. Um, but yeah, so I, I see, I see it. Um, uh, Dodgers, Yankees world series, which, um, you know, I love the small market teams, and usually I would I would be rooting for like maybe St. Louis versus the Oakland A's or yeah. or you know Pittsburgh or something, but I think with with the pandemic and and baseball you know struggling a little bit, I think um, the interest in a, a Yankee Dodger series I think actually for this year maybe this year only would be would be good for baseball. Yeah, I mean I think it would just be a huge event. Um... It's come close in the past five years, the um, but it's never the stars have yet to align. So I think this could be the uh, year, Yankees, uh, Dodgers. But who's your pick to uh, win it all? I would go with the Dodgers in six. I will say the Dodgers in seven. That would that would be fun. But I yeah I think um, of course the caveat is it's baseball. Um, you know, you don't know who's going to get hot. It's a long uh, season. You don't know who's going to get hurt. But I just think you look at depth, you look at pitching, um, you look at a lineup. It's the, it's the um, you know, I think it's the uh, Dodger series to, to, to a lose. Dodger blue. So we, we have some outstanding listener questions once again, once again and we appreciate all all the fans out there but before we get there um you want to give a e epl report sure so we're getting closer and closer to the coronation of manchester city there there's no doubt at this point that they're going to win um and then as some of you might know some of you might not the top four spots that the teams that finish in the top four get to play in the uh, Champions League, which is kind of the best of the best throughout all of uh, Europe. Um, it's a huge honor. It brings a lot of money and fame to the club. So the top four is, you know, it's like in sports, you want to be in those top, in the, uh, in the uh, you know, in baseball, you want to be in the top five and make the uh, playoffs. It's sort of the same thing. Even if you don't win the league, everyone wants to be in the top four. Um, Manchester United is probably a, a shoe-in to finish uh, second. 
then the last two two um, spots for fans of U.S. Uh, soccer, you, it might be uh, interesting to know that Chelsea is coming on strong and probably the best U.S. player in the whole world right now, Christian uh, Pulisic. He's had a really rough year. He's been hurt, but he's come back and he scored two goals. Um, and he's been really good these past few weeks. So um, it looks like uh, Chelsea is making a run at the top four. And then you say you always like the small teams. Well, West Ham, West is, Ham. A, is a team in uh, London. I don't think they've ever finished in the top four, but right now they're fourth and making a strong push. So that would be it's 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 always fun when a team kind of outside of the big five or six clubs uh, finishes in the in the uh, top four. And if anyone is a Tottenham fan, then you know it's been a rough uh, season. Um, I think we're just all kind of ready for this year to be done, try to make some improvements in this uh, summer and start a new. Is there any hope for Europa? Yeah, there's some hope still, but they're kind of falling fast. Um, And yeah, so I'm sure you're probably the same way. I think most Southampton fans are probably just ready for the book to close on this year. Yeah, and um, so I've kind of been following um, recently the N- paying attention to the NFL draft. Um, I'm fascinated by by the whole quarterback uh, situation. So um, we've had a couple big trades. We had Miami um, trading out of the number three pick, which they had gotten from from the Houston Texans. So they traded to San Francisco. So San Francisco now has the third pick. And, you know, Miami um, moved, they took their, they got the 12th, number 12 pick, and then they moved back into uh, number six. They traded with Philadelphia. So now the first three picks um, look like it's going to be Trevor Lawrence will be picked by the 49ers. Number two, um, the Jets traded Sam Darnold to the Panthers for for three picks, uh, six-round six pick this year and a second and fourth next year. So the Jets are likely to take uh, Wilson, the kid from BYU. And then the draft really starts at number three. The speculation is that the 49ers are either are either going to take Mac Jones from Alabama or they're going to take uh, Justin Field or Trey Lance. And then um, – so they're definitely taking a quarterback. You don't make that – that trade not to take a quarterback at three. And then number four is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, whether they're going to take a quarterback or someone will, will trade up to, um, you know, here's, here's a bold prediction. I'm, I'm predicting that the Atlanta Falcons are going to make a trade um, to move out of the four spot. Um, and a lot of people would think that, team moving into the fourth spot would take the fourth quarterback in a row to be picked, but I actually think the Cowboys are going to oh. trade up the uh, Jerry Jones. You know how he falls in love with the player every year? Well, he he's fell in love with Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, and wow. um, I'm usually skeptical of uh, Jerry's moves, but actually a lot of people, scouts, think that Kyle Pitts is the best player in the, in the draft. Wow. Um and if you if he could make that move, I know they need a cornerback, no doubt. But if but you put you put the an outstanding tight end with with Dak, 
and Zeke, um, you know, that, that, that would be a move that I could get on board with. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, that would be a, yeah, that would be a fun draft. It always seems like the Cowboys are in the middle of some sort of drama or intrigue. So I like it. Bring on, as uh, Tio said, I'll get my popcorn ready. <laughs> All right. So that's in the wide, wide world of sports. So, uh, TK, we have some some interesting questions here. All right. Okay, so our first question is from Arthur Leander, and he's from Delano Island. You know, that's up in um, you know the Vancouver area. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he he liked our podcast last week where you were talking about the book Station Eleven. Yeah. Um, and so he was wondering. Uh, what we thought, what, what meaning, what did we get out of the book? What, what struck our fancy? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I'll try to avoid spoilers in case any, uh, any of our listeners want to check out the book, uh, after the uh, podcast. And I would definitely, uh, say it's worth a, a read. Um, for me, I think a big thing, and I think this goes with the podcast is just kind of, um, you know, Things like art, um, sports, the things that kind of make life worth living and how, you know, there's this innate human need, I think, to express ourselves through art. And art could be many things, whether it be music or books or plays. Um, I think it's a very human need. And I think there can be sometimes like, well, you know, art is kind of frivolous um but i think art oftentimes art is what makes life worth living um and i think even in dark times you know in this case even if the world ends humans still need art you know there has to be i think we're very social highly intelligent uh creatures and you know just living life often isn't enough for us we need ways to express our 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 ourselves and i think that no matter what happens in the rest of the world humans will continue to create art um and then kind of a second thing i got is just kind of the way the um the wide web of impacts that one life can have you know it's hard to know how your life can impact others and it may not be um um it may not be clear but one life can touch many other um, lives and, you know, we're all connected whether we realize it or not. Yeah. I, I got the same things out of the book. So I, I found it fascinating that the author, that she, uh, the story takes place. The majority of the story takes place 20 years after this apocalyptic event, after this, this great, uh, swine flu flu hits and most um, apocalyptic movies or books center like right immediately after after the movie so of course um, you know right after an event you know there's there's the terror there's there's the fear is civilization is is collapsing but it is as you stated like after the darkness, like after our, the dark ages comes, comes the Renaissance and, and, um, in the, um, the book centered around this traveling group of, of performers that would go orchestra and Shakespearean 
um, performers that would go to to these towns and put on performances. Um, and they had a saying that, uh, and I think the author got this from from Star Trek, is that uh, uh, survival is insufficient. Meaning we just we're not living our our you know our our lives just to to make money to procreate you know just to you know they're we're always as humans we're always looking for something with meaning and then like you were saying art um you know whatever form that takes often is an expression an outlet to 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 a higher self yeah. so yeah I, thought, I think we go ahead I, I think we've seen that in covid the past year i mean obviously the pan in this as in a spoiler because it's revealed uh early you know soon but obviously our pandemic is different from this one because i think this one the one in the book kills almost all uh, life on earth um so obviously it's not quite the same but we have seen during the pandemic you know there was a time especially when you know sports was gone when museums were closed when there weren't any concerts or plays i think broadway is still shut down um and I do think it's impacted uh, people and people have felt that. And I think now a lot of people are expressing joy and excitement as these things come back. So I think it's just a reminder, even when you lose them uh, temporarily for just one year, how much you feel when, you know, these other things that can make life worth uh, living are uh, gone. So it's great to have sports back. It's great to have uh, concerts uh, coming back. So, yeah. All right. So speaking speaking of concerts and sports coming back, uh, Cindy from Portland um, wants to know what can or should men's professional teams uh, do to support and help and raise interest in women's sports? Like uh, one of the stars of the Portland Thorn um, uh, was reading about um, – she she has three jobs to support herself you know one being a professional professional soccer player for the portland thorn um, but she needed like two other um, jobs to to support herself so is there something that the men's professional professional team team can do to uh to help them and one thought that i had is maybe like if you had a um you know Russell Wilson or, or Tom Brady, um, you know, buy into a professional team, um, you know, that may help, but I think it all comes, it all comes down to, to money and money. It comes down to, to, um, television. And I think some major corporations, um, will have to take a, you know, a chance and, you know, um, an ESPN or, or major, major network, um, you know, step forward and signing signing a deal with like the women's professional uh, soccer team because I went um, to the game last week to the Thorns game. It was the first sporting event that I've been to since you and I went to the Seahawks game uh, against Tampa Bay. Go Hawks! But you know, it was a lot of fun. You know, the we only had um, like twenty five percent capacity, but the fans were into it. You know. The Thorn, one of the best teams in professional soccer, um, even though the national, um, national, internationals are going on now, and so we were without four of our stars. But it, you know, it was exciting. It was fun. You know, you know, sitting there drinking a beer, watching, watching the game, and um, you know, I think that uh, you know, get get television 
you know, behind um, like Mormon Soccer League, and that would help. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, I think of two of the most popular uh, sporting events um, for a uh, for I think one that comes to mind is the uh, the uh, the uh, Women's World Cup. Um, I think that's hugely popular. It gets millions of viewers in the U.S. Um, and like you said, I think a big reason for that is the games are on Fox, ESPN. Um, it's very accessible. Um, so people, so I sometimes hear like, well, not enough people will watch. But I think that's often because like you said, unless you're going to the game, it's hard to watch a team like the Portland Thorns just on TV, TV, TV. I think people will watch what's on the big channels. Um, so I think that would be a huge first step. And yeah, I think it would definitely help if a lot of the leagues like the NBA, like the MLS make a decision to invest, um, to invest their uh, profits into these leagues, because I think it can really help both leagues. I mean, if if young girls watch the Thorns and fall in love with soccer, then they're probably going to watch the uh, Timbers too. Yeah. If young girls watch the uh, WNBA and fall in love with uh, basketball, then they'll probably watch the NBA too. So I think it not only be the right thing to do, but I could see it making uh, business sense too for some of these big leagues to invest in uh, in all sports leagues. Good take. Go Thorn. Um, so we have a. Uh, our next question is from Casper the Friendly Ghost, and Casper wants to know what would you do if you were invisible for a day. Yeah, it's a great question, Casper. Um, I think it'd be fun to maybe sneak in to some of the top secret places in uh, Washington, D.C. You know, like um, the White House. We always see the, you know, the outside. But what if you could just walk in and kind of, you know, sit at the uh, president's desk and just see all the, um, I'm sure there's a basement and all that stuff. Um, same thing with the head the uh, headquarters uh, of the uh, CIA. I mean, why not just go in all these places where you'd never be allowed in one uh, million years unless you have top uh, uh, secret, uh, you know, access. Um, so, yeah, I'd go to the White House. I'd see the uh, CIA. I think it would be fun. I like that. Yeah, I, I thought something similar. I, I had two thoughts on this. Uh, one was sports, and I, I thought it would be fun to – to be invisible and go into the draft room of an NFL team to see what really goes goes on behind the scenes, the arguments between the coaches and the staff. But I think what I came came down to, I've, I've always been fascinated by the craziness of Putin. So I think it would be fun to to uh, go and you know be invisible and <laughs> sit on in one of his meetings when he's talking to his his cabinet members. Well, just make sure when your time's up and you become uh, visible that you're far, that you are not there anymore. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good. So I hope, Casper. I hope that answers answers your question. So we have one more question from um, a 
good friend of of the show. He listened. He listens up up there with um, up there being uh, heaven with Vince Lombardi, um, and Carl Sagan uh, is is the is the man I'm talking about. Um, great great man. Uh, he wants to know: Would you rather live for a week in the past or the future? That's a great question, Carl. Um, I would say the future just because I have, you know, especially if we're talking about the future, you know, thousands of years when I'll long be dead because I just have this curiosity, you know, what's the world going to be like in 1,000 years? You know, will it be a, a utopia? Will people be living in space? Will we be back to the Stone Age? Um, I just would be really curious. Um, and of course my big my biggest fear is i'd go to the future you know and spend a week there and it's a nuclear wasteland and i don't have any way to get food so it would definitely be some sort of risk um so i definitely want to make sure i was guaranteed safety or a button that i could push to bring me back to the uh, present time but i'm just really curious what's the world going to look like in a uh, thousand years so i think i'd have to say the uh, future yeah i always said the future too i mean i thought about I thought about the past and that that um, kind of like back to the future, you know, because I know, you know, who won who won the certain certain big games and I could go go back to the past and and, um, you know, make make some money from from my knowledge on what happened in the past. But I I don't know, kind of. Um, the past doesn't seem fun. I mean, you look at the 20th century. There was a lot of war, a lot of conflicts. Not that the 21st century is turning out to be much, uh, much better. But I, I can't really think of a time in the past that I, I'd want to um, to visit. So, like, if the the 20th century, you know, it's not a fun place with all these wars and everything going on. You know, and I look back at the, uh, you know, I don't want to go to the 18th, 17th century with no you know running toilets or anything like that so i'm also one to look at the future and especially like you were saying you know just having read uh, station 11 apocalyptic book it would be interesting to go forward in several hundred years to see if we um have figured if if we've allowed technology to help us um, fix some of the issues with climate change, or we've just totally gone off of the edge and we've become a dystopic uh, wasteland. So, yeah, curiosity. Yep. Well, that's why I said I want a guaranteed abundance. If I do go back and it's a wasteland and tribes of marauders come after me, I can always press my button. <laughs> to get back. Well, TK, it's... Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Any uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, um, I know fun time for sports coming up. Um, the draft, baseball. We're still at a point in the season where where many teams still think they have a, a shot, um, and it's just been fun. I think as we're seeing in baseball, um, you know, fans are back in the stands. So I hope if anyone is. Um, you know, especially if you get the vaccine, if you get the chance to go back and watch live sports, um, it's fun. So enjoy. Yeah, abso absolutely. Um, 
yeah, looking looking forward to uh, the NFL draft, and um, always looking forward to the Kentucky Derby. I found found a place not too far from here where I can make an off off track betting. It's been probably ten years since I've bet on the Kentucky Derby. Had a neighbor that used to give him two dollars because he went he went to Manor Downs in Austin, but Manor Downs wow. closed down. I haven't won. Have not hit a winner, but. Just like the lottery, one day I'll pick the right horse in the Kentucky Derby. Just like one year, one year my Gonzaga pick was wrong, and um, every pick is wrong. But maybe this year the Dodgers will win, and I will, I will have, I'll be able to come on the podcast and say I got one right. Well, probably if our goes off our NFL picks, then the listeners can look forward to a Cardinals A's World Series. <laughs> All right, folks, until next time.